Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders of Rep Your Water, a design-driven apparel company dedicated to providing high-quality gear for anglers everywhere. My current favorite piece in the line is our retro camo merino blend sun hoodie. It breathes incredibly well, blocks the sun on hot days, and is also a perfect base layer. And you drew the camo pattern yourself, which makes it even more unique. Ah, that's right. <laughs> I'm always going to pick our merino socks as my favorite. We have a nice variety of options for styles, and they are excellent for all seasons. Check out the full collection at www.repyourwater.com. I'm Garrison Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And on today's episode, we are joined by our friend Mats, who was our guide in Iceland two different times. That's right. From Germany originally, hails via Sweden, guides in Iceland. He's got some Northern European tricks up his sleeve. That's right. And uh, we look forward to hearing some of his stories. Enjoy. Mats, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good. Better now that we get to talk to you for a little bit. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me. You bet. So where in the world do you find yourself right now? Uh, I'm actually in Denmark right now. Um, taking a little break, small vacation, uh, before flying over to Iceland next week. Wow. I can't believe the season is already upon you. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. So for those who are not familiar with our friend Mats, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners real quick? Broad brush strokes. Yeah. I'm Mats, um, 25 years old, um, been guiding now for a couple of years or actually for a few more years, mostly in Iceland and Sweden. Um, and that's also where we met, right? That's it. Iceland. Iceland, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have probably heard us say your name a couple times. We have recorded two different episodes about our trips to Iceland, uh, both of which we got to spend time with you, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear us say our guide Mots in previous episodes, this is the guy. That's right. That's and me. For those of you who missed our previous episode on our latest Iceland trip for Sea Run Brown Trout, go listen to it. But uh, we told some stories about fishing uh, on our last trip with you, Mots. What were some of your highlights of that last time? Oh, definitely. I think the start, the start of the trip when we were fishing mostly um, the mighty Vatnamot on the Battle Hell Lurch. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my favorite kind of fishing. Yeah. Um, big water, streamers, swinging flies. That's basically what I live for. Definitely. And the weather was so nice when we first came in with that rain and dark and cloudy. Just everything to make the Sea Run Browns happy for a little bit. And then the sun came up. <laughs> and then the sun came up. Unfortunately for the fishing, fortunately for the views, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you did not cover that you are German. You are neither Swedish nor are you Icelandic, but you have spent most of your guiding career in those countries. Yeah, I actually born, born and raised in Germany. Uh, and then we have, uh, my family has a small summer cabin in Sweden where I basically spent my, well, every vacation I had from school, every holiday, always Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. And that's basically where I was yeah, fishing most of my life. Exactly. Sounds heavenly. It sounds awesome. Yeah, One day we want to make it over there. Beautiful there. 
Yeah. Maybe just for the bird watching, not for even the fishing. The right? woodpecker viewing. The woodpeckers, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to slowly turn this into a bird watching podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> I, I haven't heard about any bird watching podcast yet. Oh, there are lots of them. Don't okay, worry. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Actually, a tough market these days, I think. <laughs> well, good. Well, since this is a fishing podcast yeah. at least for the time being, we wanted to open the floor to you to uh, tell us a fishing story. Yeah, I, w- I was actually thinking, uh, why shouldn't we start with Citra then? Please. I love that. <laughs> Perfect. So we got this river. Uh, it's actually the first year, uh, the first uh, my first season in Iceland in 2020. I came to Iceland and yeah, the first trip I had was basically sea trout fishing. So I fell in love with it immediately. And I spent the spring there. We were, I came actually pretty late to Iceland in, I think, mid of May. So I had just a short window of sea trout fishing. When I came there, uh, we fished for a few days sea trout. And I was after that, I was longing for sea trout fishing again. Um, so the sea trout fishing basically starts in yeah, middle of August again. Right. Um, and I had the guiding in the beginning of September and it was pretty interesting. Um, I picked my clients up from the airport. Um, there were two Italian guys I had already in the summer, uh, for a week. And then they, they decided to come back to Iceland for sea trout fishing. And, uh, we went east. Uh, to one of our rivers called Tungufljot. And on the way there, we got a message on our phone um, that it's like uh, called a flooded area. So there's a big glacier river. And every year, or no, every every four or five years, uh, there's a big pool of meltwater under the glacier. And every four or five years, uh, basically the ice breaks and there's a huge flood of I don't know. It's so much water. It's like an hard ice to... dam release. Yeah, exactly. It's hard hard to describe. It's like somebody blows up a dam on a big river. Right. It's insane. So we got a message on our phone and that that will happen in a few days. Because in Iceland, it's pretty interesting. As soon as you log in to the Icelandic service on, the, on your phone, um, you get like kind of alarms for like volcano eruptions and glacial floods or something like that. Very Icelandic things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we were like, okay, um, it's going to be fine. Uh, So we went to the river and in Iceland, you usually have, when you go sea trout fishing, usually start with a half day. Uh, So you arrive in the afternoon, something between 1 and 2 p.m. And then you start fishing after checking at the lodge. So we checked in, sorted our stuff, and uh, went to the river, started fishing. Fishing was super good. First day, we already caught a bunch of fish. And uh, then the second day was also yeah, pretty decent. We caught a few fish. And then on the third day, we saw actually that the water was rising um, because that river... It's a clear water river and it flows into a glacier river or they both flow together at some right. point. So a little bit in our last podcast about the the area we fished where the big glacial river joins that river. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's where that's where we have, we have been at that point. 
And so the water was slowly rising, slowly rising, and you could see that the glacier river or the glacier water was pushing into the clear water. Um, and the fishing just became better and better and better. Um, I think we, I think in the end of those four days we've been fishing there, we ended up with, I mean, for me, it was the most incredible day sea trout fishing. And that's just, you know, the first season in Iceland, you go there and then it's just goes completely crazy. So we caught, I think in those four days, we caught over 80 sea trouts. Whoa. Oh um on on two anglers um well after after the first after the first half day they told me uh, my clients told me okay like if if you want to you know go ahead you fish with us so i was like okay no problem here <laughs> you had a rod out at that point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. here and then but I, I actually was i was super busy just netting fish all the time so i, <laughs> I could barely fish you know <laughs> now hold on we should clarify for our u.s audience sea trout is a sea run brown trout exactly? Yeah, it's not like not the ones you find around Florida, the the, the fish in the ocean. Not a speckled yeah. sea trout. We're talking about sea run brown trout here, just to make sure you know that's a the northern European nomenclature for a sea run brown trout is sea trout. Exactly. And the season for sea trout because they're falling in and out of these rivers and they're so healthy and feeding in the rivers. There's a very um, successful spring, you know, season and a fall season, like Moss was mentioning. Unlike steelhead, you don't really fish like fish falling back. I mean, it's not a thing, you know. But for these fish in these kind of shorter systems, you fish. You can fish the spring window and the fall window. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because we we call the spring fish. We basically call kelts. Um, that's the fish which are staying in the river during the winter, and it's actually pretty big amount of fish you know they stay in the winter let's say i think the last ones we catch in the end of may beginning of june and then the first fish already come back in july like middle of july end of july the very first fish so it's you know they're just such a short uh period in the ocean and they are getting fat you know like as quick as they can it's insane and they're not going super far out to sea as far as like salmon and No, steel. they don't have to, you know, they they go out and then there's like around the south coast of Iceland there's a lot of co- like sand eels and those fish, you know, there's plenty of them so they just have to go out into the ocean and eat a shit ton of fish and they're ready to spawn again. I love it. So back to this incredible week you had. Okay, so we're 80 fish in. Do you think that it was so good because they were getting pushed out of the glacial because it was coming up so much into the clear? So, you know, on the the third day, um, we could see that the water was rising, as I mentioned before. Um, And then at one point, we were like looking at each other uh because we could smell we could smell gas and we were like okay uh maybe that's not the good thing so i called sindri my boss and i was like dude we can smell gas what should we do he was like okay get your shit together uh drive for one hour to the next town i'm like okay <laughs> let's go for it so we were packing up our stuff very quick rods were already uh in the cabin because we had two more days so we're like okay maybe we can come back and yeah, no, tomorrow, tomorrow morning or something next morning. So we were packing up our stuff 
almost sitting in the car. Then Sinri called me again. He was like, um, so I talked to, actually, I don't know who he talked to, but it doesn't matter. They told us, you know, if, if you, if you can smell gas, uh, but it doesn't hurt in your eyes or your nose, you're fine. You're good to go. So I was like, okay, <laughs> perfect. So I told my guys, okay, should we, should we stay here? Because they said, uh, we should be fine. Or do you want to go? And they were like, oh no, the fishing is insane. We have to stay. So back out of the car, uh, waders again on and let's go. And then we went down to the river, uh, because there's like, uh, there's like a home pool where you could just walk down from the lodge, but the glacier water was at that point already super high. So we, we were like doing some cast, but it was just nothing happening. Um, and as you said before, Garrison, um, the sea trout, they were all pushing up into the into the clear water so we went a little bit further up in the system basically to the first pool where they where they stop when they come from the glacier water you know we started fishing it was just cast after cast after cast i i, I stopped at one point i stopped counting how many double hookups we had and yeah eight, over 80 fish average 28 inches um and i think around yeah i think around 15 um, between 32 and 34 inches. So it was just insane. That is incredible. So when is the next, uh, ice dam release? Can we book those dates yet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do we have a, a pin on the calendar for that one or? <laughs> well, I hope, I hope it will mm, not. Well, no, 2020, like 21. The plan for that one. Yeah. 24, 25 okay, at some perfect. point. Now that you're telling this story, I remember seeing your stories on Instagram of just like triple hookups, you running back and forth with the net. I'm remembering this. Oh, from... I was I was just spamming all day long. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> These guys are never going to be able to come back and fish again. The bar was set too high. Well, they came back uh, last year in 2022. Oh, no. Well, I was... I was talking bullshit my first season i said was 2021 not 2020 2020 didn't happen remember i was i was supposed to come to iceland in 2020 but then yeah we all know what happened but they came back last year and they hit the same week they got the same spot again but it was just sun low water no wind so i mean we caught our fish but nothing close to that yeah I mean, it just can't happen like that. No. Probably ever again. That's when the stars align. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, we also caught, I think, I think around 10 Atlantic salmon. That was a cool bonus, especially with the surface flies. You know, you can, it's called like a riffle hitch. I think we fished that together, right? We did. And we, we talked a little bit about the riffle hitch on our last episode, but I mean, it was just the two of us talking about it and we know thing about riffle hitches yeah tell the people from <laughs> a from a standpoint of somebody who actually knows about a riffle hitch explain that to the people here Mont. so it's basically the most simple fly you can you can tie it's just a it's just a tube um with like a little arctic fox tail wing or whatever you like uh on each side uh plus a little bit of flash if you like and then you um, you light up your dubbing needle, and then you pinch a hole through the tube in the middle, 
and then you basically have your leader uh, you don't pull it uh, you don't put the leader in the front in you basically put it through one of the holes and then back out so you basically have uh, how can i explain it you basically have your when you cast that fly the head is basically sticking out of the water so when yeah. you cast that like 45 degrees um it's kind of skating it has a riffle behind it and that i don't know at some point the trouts the sea trout especially and the salmon it triggers them and you can get like super spectacular uh surface yeah. eats and it's we all a, love that yeah it's a really cool presentation i mean just the action of that little tube that's always sitting at an angle so it's always climbing you know always staying up on the surface creates that little bit of disturbance it's not super loud it's not going to blow up the pool but it's there it's visible we're going to have to try that again one of these oh days. yeah for sure and it's also the best fly i mean if you go to a new pool yeah in my opinion i always fish that fly first because it's good because you can most of the salmon especially if they see something like that they will they will rise at some point so it's a good fly to check where the fish are standing for example Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if they don't eat it, you now know there's a nice salmon in there. Yeah. And ex where they are. So that's right. perfect. Yeah. It's interesting because some of these sea run fish, I mean, some of the water is pretty big open runs. It, they could be in a lot of different places. So being able to kind of know where those fish are sitting is helpful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the sea trout rivers, a lot of them, they are, they are fairly small. Right. Um, of the freshwater rivers and they have high banks on the opposite side where you fish from usually so you could easily you know we've been doing that all the time you know jumping up on the cliffs looking down into the pool spotting the fish but uh, especially if you're alone it's it's the perfect the perfect fight to start yeah. the scouting fly the scouting, the scouting fly yeah, the cliff view can be very helpful and also very discouraging if you fish through the run and you're like, yeah, I don't know, it's not really happening. They get up there on top and look down and you're like, holy shit, this thing is stuffed with fish. What is going on? Every once in a while, it can be an eye opener in that regard as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's good stuff. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado Aspen Wood Discs, this whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It has now won gold three times in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. You'll want to grab a bottle for your bar at home or to take on your next adventure. Check it out at your local liquor store or at lockandcodedistilling.com. Lock is spelled with an E. Um, and you fished for sea run trout a little bit in Sweden too, yeah? Yeah, especially on the coast. Um, that's a, I would say, complete different fishery. I mean, you can fish them year round, but uh, my favorite time is like early spring um, because then you can, uh, then the water is still cold. I mean, we either fish them in the Baltic Sea uh, or the North Sea. And the Baltic Sea, it's pretty cool because the Baltic Sea is, um, I mean, in Sweden, for example, you have the archipelago, so you don't have so much beaches. There's islands all over the place and it's brackish water so it's very easy for the trouts to adapt from fresh to salt water after spawning because there's just not so much salt in the water and so there are i would say super um super quick in the feeding game again 
after spawning and especially in the spring when the water is still cold um, they are hanging around uh, very shallow because the water is warming up quick uh, in the shallows um, which means there's a lot of food especially in early spring when the water is cold um, so you could j basically just fish floating lines with shrimp patterns and uh, super fun yeah i love seeing all the tying videos of those northern european level shrimp patterns they look cool i've never oh, yeah. been situation amazing i need to fish one but they look friggin awesome yeah yeah that doesn't always stop you from tying something correct i'll probably tie some <laughs> tonight you never know um and those fish seem like they average a little bit smaller bots is that true or no mm, yeah i would say so you know you have all the smaller fish which are not spawning which are not right. coming to the rivers those are those are usually very shallow yeah, and then later on in the season, when the herring is coming into the Baltic Sea, then the big fish they are further out around the herring schools, feeding on the herrings. It's same with the with the with the Baltic salmon, which is basically an Atlantic salmon, just spending sure. their whole life cycle in the Baltic. I love it. Um, so you've had a couple Iceland seasons under your belt. What's the biggest? sea trout you've seen in iceland while we're talking about size of trout here mm, let's see i think the biggest one i have seen is 91 centimeters which should be around 35 inches i think yeah yeah um but i've heard about bigger ones uh last year we had three fish over one meter um wow. which is i think the biggest one uh, I I I didn't knew it's possible to catch a fish like that, um, but the biggest fish was uh, 107 centimeters, which is let me see 42 inches. That is huge. Uh, insane, <laughs> especially with sea run, you know, proportions where they just carry so much weight, like head to tail when they come out of that ocean, man, they get chunky. Yeah, it's I mean. It's just incredible, these fish, you know? Yeah. I mean, I believe that they're out there, though. Garris and I talked a little bit when we were just reflecting on our last trip together and the fish that are just out of reach or very far out of reach that you see jumping in the glacial water. Or especially rolling. On, or rolling, yeah. like in the Tunga float. It's like, okay, the ones we're catching are nowhere near that size. <laughs> no, there, there, were, there were some 40 inches there. We saw some yeah. 40 inches, 100%. And there yeah. are rumors. There are rumors about bigger fish. Sure, but it's interesting, you know those those really big fish. Um, it seems like they stay in the glacial water for for a long time. You know they are coming in first uh, into the rivers, but then they are just staying in the glacial water for yeah. They just stay there, and then maybe a day or two before, maybe uh, at some point also weeks. Um, but they usually stay there. Then go into the freshwater spawn and go back into just the glacial. Yeah. And then they're just hiding in the glacial water. I guess they just have better. Uh, they can they can hide just better there. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they the didn't became that big from being stupid, you know. <laughs> right. That's true. Well, and that's probably an old fish, you know. I mean, it seems like these fish can live a long time from the the tagging programs and stuff. I mean, that could be a fish that's returning for the ninth season to the river or something oh yeah for sure i mean some of the fish you know especially the big fish then they then they spawn one year and then um 
I mean, in Iceland, actually, the thing is, biologists and people, they haven't done, like, shit loads of research on sea run browns. Right. But in Sweden, for example, or in Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, uh, they did quite quite a lot of research. Um, and then they have in the rivers, they have a lot of fish camps uh, where they can see what exactly goes to the river. And then there's fish sometimes they spawn a year, then they don't see them for a year. And then they're coming back to spawn. You know, they, they, they can skip a, the year of spawning. It's not like salmon. They think like, OK, now we really have to spawn, you know. Right. Yeah, that's wild. And that's interesting in Iceland because you have um, all these volcanoes and eruptions. And some of the rivers, you know, they yeah, they can they can lose a stock of salmon because the salmon um, just don't they just can't stay in the ocean for such a long time compared to sea trout. So even if a river gets like full with ash or something, um, then the sea trout, you know, they just wait for a year or two and come back then when it's when when they can spawn again. It's it's just an incredible species, yeah. in my opinion. It gives the population a lot of resilience when you have a long-lived fish like that that can just take a couple years off, like you said, and then come home. Yeah, exactly. And it's... understand the system, like, I probably shouldn't be up there right now. <laughs> no, no, exactly. It smells like gas. <laughs> it smells like it actually gas. seems like the gas is fine, so yeah. no <laughs> Pretty cool, actually. <laughs> You know me, I'd be a little nervous if we started smelling gas, buddy. You'd have to talk me down out of that one. Yeah, I, I was I was super nervous. So I was <laughs> like, okay, I, I was like straight on my phone, like, what should I do? What should I do? <laughs> do we know why you were smelling gas? Just something about the dam coming down? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, I guess they're, un I mean, the dam, the glacier is, uh, the glacier is under a volcano and... Uh, you so know, it's not natural gas; it's the sulfur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was like it was very, very uh, intense. Yeah, interesting. So, well, that also would explain why the trout maybe wanted to get out of that section of the river. Yeah, and I guess also because there's just the water was just pushing up, pushing up, pushing up, so was was easier for them to stay in the fresh water then. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we move on and let you go here. If someone was considering a trip to Iceland to fish for sea run brown trout, give them a couple of tips from a pro guide. What should they be thinking about ahead of time or practicing or any any just kind of tips that people don't think about if they're coming to fish for sea run browns in Iceland? Mm, I mean, I would probably um, practice my spay cast a little bit. Yeah. Um, because, I mean... That's the cool thing about Iceland because you can fish single hand in the smaller tributaries for sea trouts. And then you can also fish like with bigger spay rods in the in the glacial rivers or like where the glacial meets the freshwater. Right. So I would definitely, you know, like practice like a good a good a decent spay cast. You don't have to cast super far, you know. But uh, I think the most important is if you have a good setup with like a with like a, or like a gadget setup with a with a short short uh, shooting head, short and heavy shooting head, you know, just just flies from itself basically. Super easy yeah. to cast. Yeah, I like to think that I proved that you don't need to cast super far or be a total professional spay caster. No, <laughs> no, that's what I that's what I said. It's you know, some, most of the time you don't have to cast very far to catch fish, so that's that's yeah. also pretty cool. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, and it seemed like we did really well with like a kind of intermediate tip off of a Skagit line, you know, or a little bit of sync to it, but nothing like crazy. Like we didn't really need to mess around with any sort of like T11, T14 kind of tips or anything. No, that's that's also pretty nice that you don't have to cast super, super heavy because, I mean, if you cast super heavy, it's it's not as fun, in my opinion. Um, but it's always good to have like a, a variety of tips, like from floating to like intermediate up to sync five, for example. That's usually the most, or that's usually all you need. You don't have to be yeah. super heavy. Yeah. And we talked about flies just a tiny bit last time, but in my experience, it seems like you need to kind of channel your Northern European and Atlantic salmon roots with really slim profile stuff and not, you know, big headed, big beefy kind of Western style streamers. Like the, the stuff that more emulates that sand eel profile seems to be a better bet. Yeah. There, I mean, two flies, um, or two styles of flies uh, you can fish, or my, I mean, you can fish more, but my favorite two styles of flies are smaller zonker tubes, which yeah. are super nice to swing, um, but also nice to strip because a lot of time, I mean, you could, I could swing all day, but uh, sometimes it's very effective if you just give the fly a little bit more speed and strip your fly. And that's uh, very nice with a zonker fly which is also very nice to both swing and strip is like an intruder. Um, I yeah. mean, you could, you could fish some of your uh, steelhead intruders for sure, especially yeah, with black, some pink, purple details or red works yeah. totally fine. Seems like the black and red or black and orange is a good bet. Yeah. That's, I mean, once you go black, you, yeah. you don't want to change. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> it. That's it. Uh, but even some flies, like if if it's very very sunny, bright, no wind, um, it's super nice to also fish um, like white, gray colored flies because you you would think those fish they they can't see anything in this dirty, murky, brownish glacier water, but I mean they they see everything. So yeah. whatever you tie on, the fish will see it. Yeah. But you would never, ever recommend a squirmy wormy for these fish, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, we're cutting you off there. No mention of that. No mention? Yeah, that's in the <laughs> break only for emergencies box. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Like all, all fishing emergencies, that's you might right. want to have a There's still brown trout. That's all we're going to say about that <laughs> subject. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm fine with fishing a squirmy here and then, you know. <laughs> I mean, when the conditions call for it, you That's need to right. do it. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Also, my question for you would be, imagine somebody wants to come fish Iceland because it's really easy to get to Iceland from the States. It's a relatively cheap flight. So it's like a pretty cool opportunity for an international trip. What would your like top tip for Iceland, like what time of year, what species put together kind of your recommended top trip? I mean, the cool thing about Iceland is that you have such a long season, which starts on the 1st of April and ends on the 20th of October. So I would say the coolest time, if you, I mean, we have, we have, um, we have Arctic char, resident browns, sea run browns, 
salmon and sea run char in Iceland. So um, I like to catch different species. So my favorite time would probably be like from middle of October till the end of October, because you can you can catch char. Um, you can still catch resident browns. They are like spawning like later in the autumn. Uh, you can catch salmon still um, in August. And the first sea run browns are arriving. So, so that's a nice... August, not October. What, what? One more time. August. August. Not October. Did I say October? I think so. I think you oh. did. You were <laughs> thinking about the October beer varietals that you like. Ah, uh, okay. No, yeah, you... <laughs> I would say middle, middle of August is a, it's a great time. Because you can, you, can, you can catch all the species. So that's pretty cool. I also do like collecting species. Although some of them were a little small on our last trip, we did catch some nice variety. Did we did we catch salmon actually? Garrison cut that smaller oh, salmon. Oh yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's clear this up once and for all. Was it a grills and how do we know if it was a grills? A grills is basically um you know, smaller salmon, let's say they enter the river some of them with like a 40 centimeters, which is like like 18 inches, 17, 18 inches, um, and then up to 60 centimeters, which should be like, let me think. Like very 22, quick. 23 inches. Like yeah. 23, 24 inches. Mm-hmm. And everything. I don't think that thing was over 23 inches. No, no most likely it was a grilled, yes. Okay. But yeah, it's okay. It's an Atlantic salmon, though. It's a salmon. Yes. Yeah. We'll count it for the species count, just maybe not like right. the record right. Yes. <laughs> well, Mats, thank you so much for taking the time today. We're very excited that your season is kicking off so soon. Yep. And tell people where they could see you. You're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Your handle is what? Um, M-A-T-S-O-H-R-Z. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so there people can go. find you. Perfect. And we should also say Mott's guides for our friends at Fish Partner. Exactly. So if anybody wants to go on a trip to Iceland and maybe even get Mott's as your guide. You would be very lucky. Fish Partner would be the spot. Yeah. Hit me up or hit us up at fishpartner.com. Yeah. Awesome. Highly recommend. Yep. And we're good to go. Awesome, buddy. Well, we really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the water here before too long. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mats. Cheers. Cheers.